Welcome to Find Your Inner Sage, a show making self-care easy so you can live the life you want. I'm your host, Fiona Lynch, a clinical psychologist, bringing you evidence-based information and tips that work. Join me and our inspiring guests as we empower you to look after your whole well-being so you can live with joy and meaning. Today we've got a full episode of All Things Self-Care. I'm joined by Georgia Prisco, who is a clinical naturopath and yoga teacher, who created Intuitive Cycles, which is a platform for women to learn about their body and their menstrual cycles. In today's episode, Georgia and I are talking about what self-care is to each of us, how we prioritize it, or oftentimes we don't, what gets in the way for us, and how we try to tap into joy and meaning. Today's episode is a little bit of Georgia and I interviewing us, as many of you know, that we were originally going to launch the full podcast together. And instead, I'm thrilled that Georgia is doing a podcast separately on Intuitive Cycles content. Before we get started on today's episode, I'm so excited to let you know that I have created some mindfulness audio recordings available just for you to download from my website. These recordings are meant for you if you find it hard to make extra time to meditate, or if you already have a regular meditation practice but you're ready to step it up and incorporate mindfulness outside of your routine meditation. In this one download, you will get five tracks that help you incorporate mindfulness principles and mindful awareness into your daily tasks, such as when you're walking, when you're eating your meal, washing the dishes or doing laundry, for example. These tracks are one of a kind and you'll find very few else out there that help you incorporate mindfulness without setting aside additional time in your day. And for being one of my early listeners and supporters, I'm offering you a 25% discount valid until the 30th of June. So get in quickly using the discount code POD25. That's P-O-D-2-5. Terms and conditions apply. Head to my website for details. Let's get stuck into today's episode. So, Georgia, I can't wait to get into this conversation with you today and talking about all things self-care. You and I believe in self-care a lot, and we believe in self-care because we know that it works. Looking at the research, the research tells us that self-care works, that even the smallest self-care activities that might take only 30 seconds, like a micro break at work, looking into nature, or a short meditation, improves our well-being, and it also improves our work performance. But I think that you and I also know that it works because when we do self-care, we feel a lot better and we work a lot better. So today I can't wait to chat to you about what self-care means to each of us and what self-care means in general so that we can understand it better. And I'm really keen to hear some of your ideas on how you prioritize your own self-care and tap into that sense of joy and playfulness as well. We know from so many people that we've spoken to that self-care is pretty hard to prioritize and you and I are here only as humans and so we ourselves find it hard to prioritize but we can certainly chat about what it's like for us to give a bit of a human experience on the challenges and the benefits I guess of self-care as well. And I think you know a lot of people can think Oh, self-care just means jumping in a bubble bath or like, you know, I've got to paint my nails or I've got to do a face mask or, you know, these basic, very stereotypical things, but there's obviously more to it than that. So what do you mean when you talk about self-care? 
you're so right. I think if we think of it as the bubble baths and the candles, we're probably a lot less likely to do it because why would we prioritize something um, like that? Some people are really good at it. I myself am definitely not. So self-care is the actions we take to look after our whole well-being. Actions being really important, right? That we have to actually put effort and plan and do things to look after our well-being. Our well-being doesn't just come naturally. Um, we, we are active participants in that. And when we look at the models of self-care, there are lots of different models to explain the different parts of our well-being that we can be looking after. But essentially, when I looked at those, they all kind of come back to, or many of them come back to similar themes. And I decided to break those themes down into words that we'd maybe remember instead of these big words like psychological and spiritual and um, those sorts of things. So when I think of the, the six aspects of our well-being that we can focus our self-care on, I think of our mind, our body, soul, work, people, and play. So I think if we're looking at our self-care and our self-care goals in each of those domains, that's when we get that holistic looking after ourselves. So in mind, you know, we look at the thoughts, the emotions and the physiological sensations. Sometimes that area is referred to as your psychological well-being. Body is your actual body, your physical health and what's happening, you know, with your body. And often that's referred to as our physical well-being. Your soul goals is one of my favorite ones. So this is the things that we do that just make us feel really good deep down, that give us that sense of meaning. For some people, it's getting out in nature. It's connecting. It's really different for each of us, but our soul goals are basically those things that make us feel really good deep down. And often that's referred to as spiritual well-being, but not everyone relates to that term. And our self-care in work, often we don't think about that. We think that self-care happens outside of the workplace, but we spend almost 50% of our time at work. So of course, about 50% of our self-care goals need to actually be within the work environment. Uh, and by work, I mean, of course, paid work, but also voluntary work. I mean, caring roles. I mean, housework. There's so many different types of work, studying work. So by work, I just mean the role that people spend a lot of their time doing. And then people, our, our people, self-care, how we connect with people, our relationships with other people. If we're not looking after that, we know that we're not going to be feeling really good within ourselves. But then one of my favorite aspects of self-care that I myself am not very good at prioritizing actually is our play. You know, I think that play is so important and we often don't set our self-care goals in play. So sometimes this might be referred to as leisure or hobbies, but our play is kind of our downtime outside of those other spaces, outside of work and our relationships and things like that. But what really kind of gives us that sense of joy and fun and, you know, whatever is important in our downtime. So I like to sort of work with people on that model of self-care and looking at their goals in each of those areas, knowing that we're not all going to be hitting 100% of our goals in all of those areas. And that's really normal to have some that drop off at different times. But I think if we hold those in mind, then we're more likely to be feeling a lot better within ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And just to touch on the play idea as well. And I think Sometimes it's also having the play mindset in what you're doing too, isn't it? Because you can be cleaning, but make it fun and put your music on and, and beautify your space and 
feel as though that is a playful time and you know if there's people around you could have a little boogie with the vacuum cleaner or like to find the play in just a sort of technically mundane activity as well that's yeah. something that I'm trying to tap into so much more because especially you know in this in this current state it's really easy for us to take life so seriously but that play and that joy is so much fun and some of the theorists on this, the wise and colleagues in 2012, when they talk about the core principles of self-care in the model they use, they talk about self-care to flourish, not just to survive. And I think too often we think of our self-care as a way of treating burnout when it's too late or preventing burnout. We really have this idea that self-care is to just get us through each day so that we don't burn out. But how different would it be if we actually thought of our self-care as actually something really fulfilling that helps us flourish in our work life and in our personal life? And that goes with that play as well. How nice would it be if we looked after ourselves well enough that we can tap into play in, in little moments in our day? Yeah, totally. Because life's not all about just getting the things done that need to be done, is it? It's um, so much more than that. I love what you've said about all the different parts, because I think it is good to check in on those different aspects and make sure that you're kind of nourishing all of them at some point. And it's a constant thing that we work on, isn't it, for our whole life? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't end, unfortunately. <laughs> Let's <laughs> myth bust that straight away. People yes. might think that they can listen to our podcast or come to one of our workshops each and they'll be nailing their self-care and it's it's absolutely not the case is then we sort of said at the start you and I are definitely still learners and will constantly be throughout our whole lives and mm. I think it can be really hard for people to prioritize self-care you know myself included yourself in- included even though we might know that it's really important or it should be really important to us so what about for you what helps you prioritize it For me, it's a lot about building habits. And I think in in wellness or, you know, creating well-being for yourself in general, it's about building healthy habits. So I find organizing myself well and scheduling time for activities that, you know, make me feel better. So whether it's scheduling time for exercise or or space just to, to potter around or you know, space to cook and things like that. So scheduling the time in and putting it in my calendar. And once you've done that for a little while, it becomes natural and you actually normally do it. So it doesn't have to be such a scheduled thing. And I also think it's practicing saying no as well, because even though we don't always get to see our friends all the time, sometimes we actually have to say no to friends to create the space for ourselves so that we can show up as a better friend later on. Um, mm-hmm. Do you find that? Yeah. Important. Saying no is one of that courageous living things, isn't it? it? It takes so much courage to say no to people and that FOMO can kick in. But yeah, and, and definitely I love that idea you say of kind of when we say no, it gives us space to be more present and, you know, be a better person in that relationship when we do catch up with them. Yeah. And it's, I guess, not training your friends, but kind of just making it a normal thing in your friendship group that we respect each other's downtime and time in general. So, you know, we can actually be open and say, I just need some time to myself rather than having to make an excuse because we don't want to 
make excuses or lie or anything like that. So having those friends that you can be open with is, is key too. Yeah. 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 I love those ideas of kind of actually making an effort to schedule, but when you keep scheduling, it starts to become routine, but then also sort of saying no and, and working out where you want to spend your time. Yeah. And do you find that, do you, do you have regular check-ins with yourself to say, you know, where are my priorities or am I checking in on my mental health? Do you kind of set up that space or how do you bring, you know, remind yourself? Yeah, that's such a good question, Georgia. So planning is not my forte, but I do try for me on sort of a Sunday, do a little check-in of, um, I do a bit of a sort of intention setting of what's the values that I want to live by in, the, in this next week. So I work with a really comes from acceptance and commitment therapy, really values based goal setting. So I do sort of check in, in on what kind of person do I want to be over this next week and how am I going to be that person? What are some really small steps? And I kind of just do that at the start of every day as well. So particularly my work days, especially if I'm feeling a bit burnt out or a bit flat, I'll check in of what kind of person do I want to be within this work day and what is a really small step I can take towards being that person. So I do it in a less sort of planned, structured way, but it's something that I kind of come back to pretty pretty regularly naturally, I think. Do you have that dedicated time where you plan for that? Definitely morning and nighttime routines are a big part of that for me. I think I also got it from yoga because a lot of yoga classes, you make an intention at the beginning of class and then you check in with it throughout the class that you can bring that into your own life. And yeah, like you say, think, how do I want to be, what kind of person do I want to be today or this week? So yeah, morning time is definitely a time of quiet thinking and just, and yeah, preparing. It doesn't have to be a fancy thing, does it? It can just be a gentle, okay, where am I at and where do I, where do I kind of want to be? And I think one of the things that I'm really keen to do myself and to help people with is incorporating self-care within their current routine. So it doesn't necessarily have to be something they plan or a routine that they have to add into their really busy lives, but actually kind of how can we put self-care within what we're already doing so we're looking after ourselves a little bit better. So for instance, you know, while the kettle's boiling, is that a moment where we take our three deep breaths? Or whilst we're washing our hands, which is taking lots of 20 seconds across our day, is that a moment where we can do that mindfully and, and notice that mindfully? Yeah, I think it's really for me about incorporating self-care within my routine. So it's not this additional task and this additional thing that we have to plan for. But I also find for me, I'm not going to do it if I don't believe in it. So I do remind myself pretty often of why it helps me that it makes me the sort of person I want to be, like it makes me better. It's not just about me, actually. I'm able to support my clients so much better when I'm looking after myself. I'm able to be a much better friend, a much better family member when I'm feeling really good within myself as well. And even sort of within, I guess, the work, you know, we said it makes you more efficient, but someone sort of said to me really, really early on in my career that they got told that you want a long career, not just a good career. Mm. And that just really stuck out to me that that's kind of what I come back to if I notice myself thinking that I need to just keep working or I've got this big project that I need to, you know, skip dinner and work till 10 p.m., which, which I definitely do do at times. Of course, we all do. But I do really come back to that of, you know, I want a long career, not just a really good but short career because I've gone too hard 
at the start and burnt out. So I kind of remind myself of the benefits self-care is going to give me, not just to survive, but also to thrive and thrive for as long a time as possible. Mm, No, I love that. So super important, but you and I are humans like anyone else and we still struggle to implement it and and to do that. What do you think are the big challenges for people in implementing self-care? Yes. Well, time is often the thing, isn't it? It's I don't have enough time. Time goes so quick. It's kind of all of these things and we all say it, don't we? We all catch ourselves saying that. And it's also this cultural expectation of having to be productive and how can I prove that I'm actually doing something right now? Or if someone says, what have you been doing today? And you might say, I've been reading and I went for a walk, but the expectation is what have you, what have you done to succeed in life? And, and maybe we're bringing it all in ourselves and people don't actually expect that, but there is that feeling, isn't there? And that guilt of, oh, I didn't get anything done today. Yeah. And I've been interested recently in, that we often plan activities based on our sense of achievement. And we do this a lot in psychology as well. It's a really effective strategy for our mood. But one of the other huge aspects of how we want to plan our activities is our sense of pleasure. And I know that for me, that's one that I kind of forget and and leave off a little bit. And we spoke of that sort of in terms of that play, those play goals, because it really takes a lot of courage to kind of lean into that, but also to lean into joy and to kind of create joy in our lives so what do you do Georgia to kind of cultivate that joy within your day Mm. I think like we were talking about a bit before is imbuing that play into everything and I think a big part for me is bringing it into food and cooking and grocery shopping and that ritual of going to the market and buying your produce or going to the local fruit and veg store and looking up recipes and baking and sharing food. I think that's for me, a big joy in my life. And part of that is because I want to nourish myself and I want to eat healthy food and prepare. So instead of making it a chore, I try and make it something I really enjoy and, and put music on and make it a creative experience. And another example of that is beautifying my space, which I think over the years I've realized the importance of that. And again, you know, cleaning and making things fresh and bringing flowers in and plants. And and instead of thinking of it as a superficial thing or something I have to do, it's actually creating space so that I can relax and enjoy my space. I think having that clear space yeah, it does. It does make us feel really good and our mind less cluttered, doesn't it? Mm. I do this on weekends because we love our jobs and because I love my job and you can bring work through weekends and that can be exciting, but putting that time aside for joy, I have to constantly remind myself because you're always, like you say, you're more productive the following week if you've created that joy on the weekends. So what about you? How do you... How do you create and cultivate joy? I'd love to know. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because I feel like when we're doing really well, we don't have to think about this. You know, joy just comes naturally, right? We experience it. We're doing things that bring it on, but we're noticing it when it's there. And I think Mm. it's when we're tired, when we're not doing so well, when we're burnt out, overworked, stressed, not doing well emotionally, that actually joy is not so present. And that's when I feel like we need to kind of really 
plan for it. Yeah, you know, Mm. we're not just going to experience joy if we don't make an effort, an effort to. So for me, I I do actually kind of when life gets serious and it gets a bit tough, I, I plan moments of joy. So I actually kind of plan to watch something funny or listen to something funny. And I do that purposefully, not because it's necessarily what I want to watch or listen to in that time, but because I know that I need a little balance and I need a little joy and fun and humor in in that day. So I plan for that, but I also try to be really mindful to those moments of joy. So often those moments that can bring joy are there, but when we're stressed out or busy, we're not paying attention and not experiencing, you know, that emotion or, or that pleasure. So I try to notice what normally brings me joy and make sure when I'm doing those things, I'm fully focused on on that experience. You know, if it's a walk on the beach, not sort of going for a walk, listening to our podcast, feel free to do that, guys. But, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, that's my time where I always take the headphones out and I, you know, listen to the waves and I feel the sand and I just really am mindful to that joyful experience. And just slowing down within it as well. So if I have a moment of joy, making it last. So some of the things we do, for instance, is we'll go for, you know, coffee or brekkie after yoga and no one's in a rush. You know, we we stop and we settle in and we stay in that moment of joy. Yeah, I think often we can do our joyful activities, but we kind of do them as this time-limited event that then we need to go on to the next thing. But yeah, for me, it's sort of making those moments of joy as long as they want to be in that day without planning something to go to straight after to really sort of soak it up. Yeah. I actually love that idea of joy being timeless because that is the ultimate joy, isn't it? When you don't have to look at your watch. Yeah. No, I love that idea. And you mentioned, you know, when you're tired, being tired is often another barrier because you think I can't even be bothered getting on my yoga mat. I can't even be bothered having a shower, even though, you know, you'll feel better after you have a shower. But I like the idea of watching something and laughing and thinking if I can't get out of bed right now, maybe I'll just watch something that makes me laugh. And then that automatically gives you a little bit more energy to do something else that you need to do. So I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And being okay that it doesn't make us laugh as much as what it does when we're feeling really good as well. Mm. But maybe like, or maybe it doesn't make you laugh at all that day, but maybe just internally it has like that little flicker of maybe that was a bit funny, you know, and Mm. being okay that joy is not always at that full level. Yes. Yeah. It'd be so nice for listeners to kind of walk away from today's episode with a few really simple ideas that they can sort of get started on if they wanted ideas and options. And, you know, I guess Inner Sage for me, the reason I chose Inner Sage is because I believe that everyone has their own inner wise person, Sage being a wise person or wisdom, and they are their own guides with this. But some people have sort of asked us, what are some ideas for self-care to get us started? So what are your three most important things you do to look after yourself? Mm, I, I mean, the, the three things that I actually think are most important to me are quite basic, but definitely getting enough sleep is my top one. That for me looks like a wind down nighttime routine. And I talk about this with my clients a lot because a lot of people have onset sleep onset issues of not being able to get to sleep quickly. So having a warm shower at nighttime, putting on your, you know, moisturizer or a face mask or putting on fresh cozy PJs and having that nighttime 
wind down routine is so important to me. Another one is is movement. For me, it's yoga. And a key way I got into yoga was through YouTube yoga. So if it's not accessible for everyone, especially mums or people with kind of shift work, YouTube, you know, there's so many on there. And one that I love is yoga with Adrian. She's very accessible. So definitely getting some yoga into my life is key. And the other one is nourishing myself and preparing some food for the week. So that's going to the shops on a Sunday. I even sometimes plan my meals for the week and don't always stick to it. But if I have an idea of what I'm doing, then I feel it just takes that pressure off, you know, of thinking every day, okay, what am I going to want for dinner for myself? So I know I'm going to have some veggies and things in my life. Yes, that's that's what I do. My three top ones. But what about you, Fee? What are your three most important things you do to look after yourself? Yeah, I think like you, that that idea of movement, you know, for me, that movement or I guess for me it's kind of exercise is the label I would use is really crucial for me so you know I've said to friends in the past like if I'm stressed out and I'm messaging you or I'm calling you tell me to go and exercise and I can call you back after I've exercised because if I'm still stressed about it after exercise then it's obviously something that's important stress that I need to pay attention to but probably eight times out of ten I'll go and exercise and I'll actually feel fine about it afterwards you know I know exercise is really hard for lots of people and it's certainly something that you know, I don't think anyone ever gets to the stage where it's easy every time, but I know for me, it's what's so, so, so important to give me good mood, um, a really good energy. If I'm tired, it's my go-to fix and motivation and makes me, yeah, just makes me feel so much better. So exercise would be my number one. I think, you know, I've probably alluded to this already and that kind of boundaries around work uh, is really yeah, is really, really crucial to me. So actually kind of getting to work not too early unless it's because I want to and I want to have a slow start to my work day, trying to leave work on time. So I usually schedule something straight after work and often that's because that's when that activity can fit in or when that timetable is on, but it means it forces me to leave work on time um, because I love my work and I love what I do and if I didn't do that, you know, I'd be tempted to just stay for ages and keep doing the work that I'm doing. So I know for me that when I do that, I have a lot more energy. I'm a much better person. I'm much more efficient. So really making an effort to set those boundaries, take my lunch breaks, you know, take a coffee break, those sorts of things, or a tea break is more, more my jam, (laughs) which we didn't even talk about your whole tea business, but you know, I can't wait for us to get to that at some stage as well. Tea thief. Yes, definitely a good self-care activity is making yourself a cup of tea. (laughs) Yes. And I think I was thinking about this earlier, actually. My third one's really hard to come up with, actually, because I sort of fluctuate between a few. There are two that I do so consistently, I don't think I realise how crucial they are. One is getting out in nature and one is connecting with other people. I think that, you know, if I don't do that, I'd realise that they are absolutely core to my self-care. But I just do them so often that I'm probably not realizing how incredibly important they are for me. The other one I think though that is more the focus for me that I don't do as often but is so 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 important for me feeling good is meditating. Yeah, I I I don't do it at all often enough, maybe sort of a couple of times a week for me, although I've just done a mindfulness 
meditation teacher training. So I've done a solid three days yes. nonstop of it, basically. <laughs> but yeah, that to me is just, it regulates my body so much. I've had the best sleep I've ever had in the last two nights from all that meditating. It just, it helps me feel so much better. Sometimes it doesn't. Some days I'm just sitting there super frustrated that I can't focus or I'm feeling edgy or I just want to go for a run or something like that. But, you know, that's okay too, because it's about the practice of it. But that's my, that's my one that I know is so important, but then I'm not too crash hot on, on focusing on. Mm. But even while you're saying that, and um, I love how you snuck five in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know, sorry. <laughs> no, but I, it's so obvious that they all overlap because movement being important can get you out of nature because I often do a lot of my exercise in nature or, you know, meditating helps your sleep, which is one of mine. So it doesn't mean you have to tick off every little thing because often if you tick one off, it helps so many areas, doesn't it? So true. So let's just finish off on what is inspiring you at the moment, Fee, just to inspire our listeners and myself what you know book or podcast or quote what's inspiring you I've been getting really into audible because I'm a very very slow reader so reading for me is not my strong point so I've been getting into audible and the thing that I'm listening to on there at the moment is actually a book by Daria Pitt Mm. called Happy and Other Ridiculous Aspirations I don't know if you've read that one no, I yet, haven't. but um, I'm, I'm loving the audible version. I've heard the written versions really great as well. I just find that the way that she writes is really humorous. It's really relatable. She's clearly done a ton of research around it. And I find that there's really simple things that even myself as a clinical psychologist, I'm walking away and, and changing and shifting. And I've gotten into the cold showers probably only about twice a week for about <laughs> 10 seconds is all I'm handling at the moment. But you know, there's, there's some really clear steps that that I can kind of take from that book. And, and so, yeah, I'm loving, I'm loving getting some inspiration from her and her research and her words of wisdom. Mm, and I love that title. I mean, that title just makes me happy <laughs> just thinking Absolutely. about it. So, so many hasters, I feel like today, I can't wait to have more of these conversations with you. And of course, with some really exciting guests that we've got coming up as well. We've got so many, so many exciting conversations to be had. Thank you, Georgia, for today. Thanks, Fee. It's been lovely getting to know you a little bit more. Yeah, excited for what's to come. A reminder, if you're ready to make your self-care easy and incorporate some mindfulness for busy minds and busy lives, head to my website for your download using the discount code POD25 up until 30th of June, 2022. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you know someone else who might find it useful, we'd be so grateful if you shared it with them. We appreciate each and every review that's been left and we love hearing from you. So please leave us one if you feel like it. If you want to stay in the loop about upcoming guests and episodes, make sure you hit subscribe and follow us on Instagram and check out the show notes for links to any resources that we might have mentioned in today's episode. Just a reminder that everything we chat about in this podcast is to help you live with courage and joy and nothing should be considered medical advice. So always chat to your own healthcare professional. We'll catch you in a fortnight for our next episode and we can't wait to have you there. We're grateful to record this podcast on the lands of the Wadarong people of the Kulin Nation. 
and we pay our deepest respects to their elders past, present and emerging.